What's up, brother? And welcome to the Becoming Kings podcast. I'm Johnny King, and I'm a life enthusiast, growth mentor, and men's lifestyle fulfillment coach. I've dedicated my life to helping men who feel like they're just not living up to their full potential to level up and become the king of their kingdoms. So whether you've been feeling stuck or numb or extremely angry with not living up to your greatest potential in any area of your life, then I'll be in your ears every week dropping some truly transformative episodes to help you become a man that you're proud to be. I'm glad you're here. Let's get to it. What is up? This is Johnny King. Thank you for joining me for this yet another episode of the Becoming Kings podcast. And like you, I am just another brother on the path to becoming a more full. I wouldn't even say more full. I would say just a uh, a full, present intentional, secure man that I know I can be. And I imagine if you're listening to this, whether you're a man or a woman, uh, that you desire to, uh, to seek out little nuggets that can help in your journey uh, of self-reflection. So thank you once again for joining me on this episode. It's interesting um, how no matter how much quote-unquote work you do, there's always <laughs> ample opportunity to improve. Uh, and, you know, I've, I've said it on past podcasts, and I'll say it again, it's, it's so interesting that the areas when you feel yourself being triggered, <clears throat> the, the times when you feel you are giving your power away, those are the things that you need to dig into. And you need to look at why. Why was I triggered? Why did I give my power? Why? Why did I give up on that comp- on that conversation? Why did I um, avoid conflict? Why did I choose the easier path, even though I know I'm going to have to end up probably running into that same thing over and over again until I intentionally choose to work through it, right? And so that's that's just the reality: is that if if things are a pattern and they continue to come up, then as long as you don't handle them, you continue to kick the can further down the road only to approach the same can (laughs) with the same decision to either pick up the can and to investigate it and to, to really dig into what makes up that, you know, that thing that keeps popping up in your life or you get to kick it further down the road. But the reality though too is that the beauty of life is ultimately in the awareness and the appreciation of the moment, right? And a can in the road, something that is triggering us, something that is taking away our focus and our ability to, to be grateful for this beautiful gift of life that we've been given it really is something that uh, that robs us of the beauty of life. It's those things from, you know, our childhood. It's our traumas. It's our woundings. It's whatever, you know, your inner child work, whatever you want to call it. And so recently uh, I had an experience where, and I always know, it's always a red flag for me 
personally, when I'm doing my own work, that if my reaction, and I say reaction for a reason because it's not really a response, it's a like a primal, you know, fight or flight reaction to something or someone or some type of circumstance, <clears throat> excuse me, is uh, proportionately out of control compared to what happened, then there's something there to look at. And so I was interacting with someone uh, a couple of days ago and they were surprised at my reaction. And quite frankly, I was too. <laughs> um, but I didn't have the, because of the, the time of the day and the busyness of schedules and everything else, I didn't have the time to really uh, unpack it with, with the individual that I was kind of triggered by. And it wasn't so much the thing that they said. <clears throat> it was the thing uh, that was in between the lines. And quite frankly, it wasn't what, it wasn't even the things in between the lines that they intended. It was the things that I wrote in between the lines, right? It's the meaning that I made out of that. And so for me, uh, and, and this is a common, common pattern for me personally, right? And uh, if you at all kind of identify as a quote unquote recovering nice guy, right? Uh, a guy that wants to, uh, to please others, that wants to avoid conflict, that wants to just say yes and, and kind of um, burdens himself or overstretches himself because he doesn't have healthy boundaries because he's always looking to validate himself in the uh, reception or the appreciation that is given by others, then that's a great way where quote unquote nice guys give their power away to other people out of their own lack of self-worth, basically, right? I think we all struggle with self-worth. I also believe that on the path of becoming kings, that's a big part of becoming kings is to, to, find, to find one's self-esteem, and to value oneself and to love oneself and to be so secure, you know, not, again, not that all of us wouldn't uh, even have challenges <laughs> when we quote unquote arrive at becoming a king. I think it's a, a journey that never ends. But I think, you know, as we mature into that and we continue doing the work, fewer and fewer things really trigger our insecurities, right? So coming back to, to me, and, I, and I'm just using an example in my life, obviously, to see if you can see some of yourself in me, because I think <laughs> there's a lot of that that happens in this men's work. Uh, guys are not that complicated. <laughs> We're all very similar. Uh, and so hopefully this is of benefit to you. And so I got triggered by something that I made it out to mean that um, ultimately that they didn't care. Not about me uh, in the grander scheme of things, but they didn't care about me in that moment of need, right? Like I needed them. I needed clarification. I needed reassurance. I needed um, love, validation, all the things, right? And I didn't receive that at the time. And that was massively triggering for me. And so it was interesting because it was late at night. <clears throat> couldn't sleep. Failing um, angry. 
I think the initial reaction for me, and I think for a lot of guys, is just like that initial, like, I'm pissed. I'm just pissed. But underneath that anger, I know, again, I've done enough work to know that below that is oftentimes sadness, it's shame, it's loneliness. And so I actually texted my older bro, like, hey, are you awake by chance? He's a night owl, and typically he's always like, yeah, <laughs> just getting my day started. <laughs> no, um, but he is usually a, a guy that's up pretty late, and, and it's you know good sometimes to to have someone like that. And I'm blessed to have it in my brother that uh, that can kind of use him as a sounding board or even like as a coach in those times of need. <clears throat> he said, "Yes, I'm available, but give me like ten minutes." I'm like, "Cool." So I actually laid down on my bed, and I knew I just needed to breathe because I could feel my heart rate was up. I could feel that like anxiety and anxiousness, like, fuck, like I got to, ah, you know? And it was like, again, it was mixed in with like anger and fight or flight and adrenaline and sadness and tears. And so I, I laid down and I, I put on my headphones and turned on some just like peaceful meditation, you know, music. And I just was going to literally just wait until the phone rang. <clears throat> And just listening to music and just breathing and then thinking about uh, what this all could mean in the worst case scenario in this interaction with this person that triggered me brought me to tears, right? So here I'm in like 10 p.m., uh, 11 p.m., like starting to, to cry in my room. I'm like, okay, that's interesting. I didn't see that coming. I didn't actually know that there was that type of like <laughs> visceral reaction and I was thinking about the fact again it was like I'm in my body and then there's also part of me that's looking at me like um, objectively from above like why am I so triggered why am I so mm, you know reactionary and so emotional about this interaction with this person clearly it's not about this interaction that just went down via text you know earlier that afternoon something deeper so I reached over grabbed my phone kind of knowing intuitively what I needed to do and I texted my bro like hey you know what actually I need to meditate uh I need to move this energy out of me um I don't need to actually talk about it and he was like oh I was just about to call you I was like and he, he actually did call me and I <laughs> I had declined it I was like no I appreciate it man thank you so much I actually I know what I need to do I just need to do it He's like, no worries, you know, here's some suggestions. And so I turned my phone off <clears throat> and jumped on my iPad and opened up my, uh, there's this meditation course that I have from my coach, Christine, and her husband, Stephanos. And there's like eight different modules. And there's, you know, there's like a, it's like a 30 minute, roughly a 30 minute meditation, breathwork slash meditation process for like eight different larger emotions right so there's one for anger there's one for stagnation there's one for grief there's one for love there's one for um sadness loneliness uh old patterns you know things like that right so i'm like i need to turn that on because i need to get actually into my body and what i what i realized what i wanted to do was call my brother and i wanted to stay um kind of in that heady place of like, this is what this happened. What do you think? What do you think they meant by this? And do you think this means this and that? And I was wanting, you know, initially when I reached out to him, 
that was my thought. When in reality, I think all I really wanted was just connection. I wanted to feel like I wasn't alone. But I also knew that that's kind of a drug, right? Like I said, that, that like reaching out to my brother is sometimes kind of just like the can. And rather than facing the thing and really getting to the root of the issue, I was just going to kick the can further down the road by going into the, you know, the timeline. This happened, A happened, and then B happened, and then I thought about C, do you think they meant this? And like, quite frankly, like, that can be, um, what's the word? Uh, Therapeutic to some degree, you know, because it helps like, think things through and talk things out and connect with someone and get their level of like, like I said, their validation or their empathy and like, no, you're not crazy. And you know, who knows if they meant this, but I think this is what I would do. But instead I turned on this meditation, right? And I turned on the meditation for loneliness because that's really ultimately what I was feeling. And so in this breath work, about 15 minutes of breath work with Stephanos, he gets you doing this, you know, double barrel, breathing which is like you know you take it in through the nose like and then out through your mouth which is oftentimes actually what uh precedes crying right like when if you think about when you're a little 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 one or if you have kids you know they're like you know it's like that type of and then it's it's like you know that sort of thing right you feel me Is this coming across on audio very well? It'd be better if you actually had a video of me. You'd get it. You get it though, right? So it's interesting. Loneliness. Start doing that. And sure as shit, you know, the funny thing is I had, I was crying before. Then I talked to my, you know, I texted my brother. I turned on my iPad and I'm like, for the first like five minutes, I wasn't feeling anything. I kind of was out of state again. I was like, fuck, did I just, you know, I know I would, I need to get this energy. And if it's crying or yelling into a pillow or whatever, like I need, I need to get this out of me, right? But I hung in there and then it's interesting how the breath work really, it starts to give you like tingles in your fingers and your feet, like in your body, your, you know, and then it just like, it just awakens me personally. Um, and I think it does for a lot of people, but you know, teach their own. So all of a sudden then more tears come. And then I'm really starting to cry. But then Stephanos through that, because he's like, you know, let anything come up that needs to come up and let it out. And then he's also like, but do realize that loneliness, you're never alone. Because you have you. <laughs> you know? You loneliness is embedded in a belief of insecurity, lack of self-worth, or low low self-esteem, right? It's a victim story that you are alone, that no one loves you, that no one cares for you, and it's all bullshit. It's not true. You have people in that in your life that love you, that that trust you, that need you, you know. But you need to realize in moments of feeling lonely, <clears throat> excuse me, I got a tickle in my throat, that that is not the truth. There are, there's a difference between being lonely and being alone, right? Loneliness is based in a victim story that uh, no one cares for you, everyone's deserted you, you know, you've been abandoned versus being alone, which is just a fact. Like right now as I'm recording this, I'm alone. But am I lonely? No, 
I'm not. So that started to kind of shift my my state in the moment, right? After I had a good cry for like five or ten minutes, and then after fifteen minutes of that of that breath work, then it transitions into Christine coming on the audio, and she'll she takes you through this meditation, right? This meditation process, and that's that was super grounding and and really helped me kind of change my state. <clears throat> so the interesting thing was, by the time I was done with that. I felt so much better. I felt so much lighter. And it's really, really interesting because, again, when we look at children, boys or girls, when they're growing up, a lot of times they will have these temper tantrums. They will move this energy up and out of them, whether it be anger or sadness, tears, screaming, whatever. And then very quickly after that, they're back to like having a grand old time, you know? And oftentimes the feminine and, and, you know, broadly, you know, <laughs> categorizing women tend to have uh, a better ability to allow emotions to come up and to just kind of spill over and to spill out of them. To cry, you know, whether it's that time of the month and they're feeling more emotional um, or it's not and they're just feeling more emotional. There's times when they realize I just need to have a good cry and then that'll move it through me. Whereas in guys don't typically, guys have a lot more likelihood of repressing, suppressing emotion, pushing it down and not letting it come up, right? Because we believe it's going to get it, it's going to keep us from achieving a certain outcome, right? I've really learned over the last couple of years how important it is to, to lean into letting those emotions come up and through me, right? And that the sooner I can do that, actually, the sooner I'm back to my full 100% self than being a repressed or angry or, you know, challenged version of me, right? Or a bitter or resentful version of me where I'm not coming from a, a loving place. I'm coming from a just a really kind of wounded place, like a little little boy. And so as I was going through this meditation, it was really interesting. I was thinking about, okay. There's the version of me that I certainly grew up with as that nice guy who was all about pleasing my mom, pleasing my all the women in my life, my, my school teachers and Sunday school teachers and my sisters and ultimately my girlfriends and when I was of age and, and that sort of thing, right? But the other interesting thing was as I was kind of sitting in this meditation and crying and thinking about the victim story and everything else was that Oh, you know what? Why this why this hits so deeply for me personally is because I grew up in a family where there was five of us kids, right? My mom not probably having the emotional support that she really needed and she was pouring her heart and soul into her kids, into her family and never really feeling like anyone was really looking out for her. That must have been so so exhausting. In turn, I probably, I, I know I couldn't articulate this at the time when I was younger, but I definitely intuitively picked up on that. I know all my siblings probably did. That my mom was always kind of like teetering like or walking on thin ice between like total meltdown and mom being happy. And if mom was happy, everything was happy. If mom was a wreck, everyone was a wreck, right? Like I, I think I've told that story in the, in the, in the previous in a previous podcast where I remember being on a road trip with my mom 
there's five, all five of us in the car. My dad was uh, not with us because he was working in New York and he would fly out. We're on this road trip all across the West. And we also had my cousin, one of my oldest cousins. So six of us, right? Six of us that were all under the age of 13, 12. And the entire car, including my mom, we were all crying. <laughs> we were all crying. I think it was one of those just rough days, right? <clears throat> so... Like I said, as my mom went, so did the rest of the family, right? And so a lot of times I felt like I couldn't, there, there wasn't safety there for me to be emotional because I felt like if I added any more to my mom's plate already, like it would break. And if, if, uh, if it would break for her, then I don't know where my, found, my like sound footing would be, if that makes sense, right? hold that thought okay my computer just went to sleep and I thought oh shit did I, did I stop recording and so ultimately with that I realized just like my mom was pouring into us and not really feeling like she had anyone for her I in turn felt like I was pouring into her and then ultimately learned that same behavior to pour into other people to make them happy but I never I think I've always kind of felt like or questioned how many people in my life really have my back? How many people really are there to support me? And I also have to look at how often do I push people away to support <laughs> a, uh, a victim story, right? That I'm alone, that I'm abandoned, that no one loves me, that no one appreciates me, right? And so I've also found, uh, been aware enough to realize, oh, you know, what? I created that. Like if that's my story, an underlying like uh, inner child wounded story, then I'm self-sabotaging relationships or self-sabotaging circumstances at times to support a victim story. <clears throat> and so during this meditation, Christine at one point says like, I want you to think about all the people that you love but that you know absolutely love you. And I want, you to, I want you to envision them sitting in a circle all the way around you. And that you're just making eye contact. And this is kind of what I started doing. I can't remember if she actually said this or if I started doing this in my own mind. But just started make, <clears throat> making eye contact with each of those people. And, and so interestingly enough, that vision for me, although it certainly included some women, it... It included primarily uh, all of my best guy friends, right? And that moved me into tears of gratitude, tears of, oh my God, like almost like looking at me through their eyes. Because there's sometimes I'm like, why do people like me? <laughs> what, what do they see in me? Like, what do they actually, <clears throat> I know we're friends and I know you appreciate me, but like, why exactly? Right. And so I was kind of looking at myself through their eyes and feeling their love for me. And that took me from, you know, like I said, half an hour, not even half an hour before that, of feeling completely kind of alone, that no one had my back, to feeling totally loved and totally supported. And it allowed me to feel that sense of like, I'm never alone. And I have my own back as well. Because the same things that they 
you know, for me to acknowledge and understand and feel the love that they have for me is only possible because I can see it and acknowledge it in myself, right? And so I'm like, okay, that's that's pretty powerful. So again, long story long, that whole process was extremely powerful for me, right? <clears throat> and so I was able to fall asleep and sleep well. I slept in on a Saturday and uh, and started off my day and was just super grateful and, and happy and everything else. And this individual that I'd had this, you know, um, you know, this interaction with that kind of had initially triggered me, I actually was feeling so grateful for them because it's only through them, you know, it's only through relationship do, do we get to see the, to have the mirror turned on us to really look at the things that we need to lean into and to trust and to, to heal. Otherwise, like I said, it's going to keep going up. It's going to keep, I should say, keep going up, keep coming up, right? It's going to keep coming up until you resolve it, until you work on it, until you start chipping away and start healing those wounded parts of us, which ultimately those wounds are all lies, you know, but we've taken on these limiting stories and those, these beliefs about ourselves that just aren't true. And so this individual, you know, texted me after a little while and saying, hey, are, you, are things feeling a little off to you? And they feel a little off to me. And I was like, yeah, uh, a little bit, but I feel so much better than where I was yesterday. Uh, but would you like to jump on the phone and talk about it? I'm like, yeah. We had this beautiful 15-minute conversation because uh, before, like, we both had meetings. And it was just a very, very loving, like, I had, I had so much love and gratitude in my heart for this person. And I feel similarly that they had for me um, because just of what we were ultimately you know, able to work through. And I was able to say like this, they were saying like, I'm just kind of surprised. I was kind of triggered because of how, how much of a reaction you, you gave to something that I thought was so small. And I was like, totally get it. <laughs> really wasn't about you. It's about my inner child stuff. And they're like, oh, uh, really? <laughs> Tell me about that. And so I told them more or less what I've just said on this podcast. And they're like, oh man. Okay, that's really fascinating. And we had this beautiful moment of like, ah, it's like, you know, we all have our trauma triggerings, if you will, right? Um, and yet a lot of this trauma, like a lot of this stuff, especially for certain people, right? Um, especially for those of us, men or women, who are avoidant in nature. We have an avoidant attachment style. You cannot learn to work through these things and heal those demons, if you will, those woundings, except for when you are in a relationship. You must be in relationship. And I'm not, not, I'm not necessarily talking like an intimate relationship, although that is typically what will trigger our deepest insecurities and our deepest wounds. But just being in relationship with people, with other individuals, is where avoidant individuals must lean into to find healing. And to have that acknowledgement from them on the phone, I was just like, oh, like it just made me feel literally, I just went from like, you know, the day before of feeling like the sky was falling <laughs> to feeling like anything is possible through love, through introspection, through um, courage to like lean into the, the nasty shit, right? Um, to also have the, the tools, like I, 
a couple of years ago, I wouldn't even have thought that there was a tool like this breath work and meditation module that I have, this program that I have from my coach, which if you want to learn more about it, go to christinehasler.com. And I think it's like the breath and meditation program. You'll find it there. Totally worth it, in my humble opinion. Uh, especially for guys to go through like the anger one. That that one has served me very well. So, again, long story long. I wanted to, to record this episode to, to make uh, a good point that not only was some of this stuff the result of you know, childhood learned behavior of wanting to, um, you know, ultimately to, to get my validation <laughs> through the, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Through the, the praise or the approval, the acceptance of others, which I've really learned, like, I don't need anyone's but my own approval, right? Which also helps the that feeling of loneliness, like realizing I'm, I'm never without myself. I'm never alone, you know. But another level below that, even, <clears throat> excuse me, is that a lot of that behavior came from a belief that no one had my back, you know, that no one cared as much as I did, that I have this huge heart to love and to give to others, but then no one really sees me right? No one's really there for me, which all again is such a victim story and such a, a, a limiting story and isn't true. It's a limiting belief, right? But when I get triggered, my mind goes to uh, like <laughs> where it went when I was five, six, seven, eight years old. And to have that ability to then be able to speak it, right? To someone else, like in this instance, I, I had that beautiful 15 minute conversation with the individual that kind of triggered me earlier that wasn't their intent and I knew it wasn't their intent but if I didn't have the tools if I didn't have the ability to articulate how I was feeling that could have had a huge negative implication on our relationship if that makes sense this is why doing the work of listening to podcasts getting a coach going to you know personal development um you know seminars, retreats, um, doing all the things while you still live your life and have a job and maybe are, you know, coupled or have kids or what, like we all are busy. Yes. But why it's so important for us to do these things is because it allows us to heal so that we don't have to keep passing them on to future generations. Right. And that's what I'm the most grateful for. So I hope you, you've gotten something good out of this episode. I want you to know, obviously, that I'm so grateful that you listen um, because I'm just obviously a real dude that's just recording, standing in my room, holding a microphone, <laughs> talking about real life, real life shit, right? Um, but again, if you don't do these things, you can find yourself uh, in broken relationships. You can find yourself without anyone. You can find yourself just continuing as a guy, especially thinking that you're going to fill the, the, this void of loneliness, let's say, again, victim story, through that of high achievement, making money, having a car, a great car, or cars, homes, women, uh, being addicted to sex, pornography, gambling, drugs, alcohol, right? It can be a very, very, very lonely life 
if you don't actually lean into the things that I've talked about in this podcast, which is like, that's a limiting belief. It's a lie. But you have to be willing to do the work to not only conceptually understand what I'm saying in this podcast, but to actually experience it. There's a huge difference, right? So that's why I highly recommend you go to different types of men's retreats and you do the quote-unquote men's work and the carpet work, the, 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 the most challenging and scary work uh, that men need to do with other men because it is healing and it completely changes your perspective on life. So as always, thank you, my brother or my sister who it is, whoever it is that's listening to this. I appreciate you. Uh, Hope this podcast finds you well. Hope it changes your day, changes your thought. Until we meet on another episode, thank you for listening. I'm Johnny King. We'll talk to you soon. Cheers. That's it for this one, and I want to thank you for listening. Hey, if you got some good ideas from this episode and you want more, please feel free to subscribe to the podcast. And if you think others may benefit from it also, share it on social media and tag me in your post so I can say hey. It would also mean a lot to me if you felt inclined to write a review of the show on Apple Podcasts since I read every single one of them. And if you've got any questions or topics that you'd like to recommend or really just anything that you think I could improve upon, man, I thrive on constructive feedback. So hit me up with an email at podcast at johnnyking.com. Oh, and feel free to also subscribe to my YouTube channel, connect with me on LinkedIn, and follow me on Instagram at Johnny King and on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Johnny King Men's Coach. Thanks again for joining me. I'll catch you next time.